to the 25-yard line. Your host, Steve Johnson, is here. That's me, and I've got Grant Freeman here with me. Grant, what is up? Welcome to week five uh, of the NFL season. How you doing? Dude, it's feeling good. Um, I can s- confidently say that I'm probably going to go 0 for in a league because I seem to be having the luck of facing the top two players every single week in a league. <laughs> So you ended up against Tyreek Hill and Devo Samuel in the same league this past week? Yep, and I lost by 100 <laughs> points. You know what? I actually don't mind. Like It's frustrating, but I feel like when you have those weeks, you you don't kick yourself too hard because I, I think True. a lot of the time, a lot of the times you lose and you realize that if you had just decided differently on one lineup decision, yeah. then you know you would have won. Like I've lost by literally I have lost by point one point before. Yeah. And the player that I considered starting scored like an extra five points. And you would have won, and it's entirely on your yep. decision making that you lost. And then there's those weeks where you could have set the perfect lineup and maybe did and it set wouldn't the perfect have mattered. lineup. And you lose by seventy <laughs> and you at least get to sleep well knowing that <laughs> that there's nothing that could have happened. Yep, exactly. Well, coming up today on the show, this is the long-awaited Dynasty episode. We are going to talk about Dynasty fantasy football as we are in that first quarter of the season. We're already looking forward to next season. Uh, Hopefully, you have a lot of fantasy football left to play this year. But if not, we're going to give you something to already be excited about for next year and talk about some of the ways that you can think about Dynasty football in a different way than redraft football but before we get there we have some news to get to first and foremost london games are back we took a a year off of london games last season due to the pandemic but the first game is in london this coming week so realistically though you're probably not watching it because it's the jets and the falcons (laughs) that's true it's jets falcons (laughs) um that being said, this is your reminder to check the time. It starts early. If you are on the West Coast, yep. it starts at 6.30 a.m. Oh, yeah. I know that I even was a little mixed up on the time because all the commercials for it over the last few weeks have been calling it 9.30 a.m. And I was thinking to myself, you know, it it's nice that it's at 9.30 this year because it's yep. usually a lot earlier in the morning than that. But I, I was wrong and was reminded when I checked my ESPN app setting some lineups today. 6.30 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, Grant, are you getting up to watch that? Uh, no. We're both on the West Coast over here. No, because I... Oh, well, maybe, because I uh, actually don't close for work on a Saturday night. I actually open. Well, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be waking... You know, my dog usually wakes me up on Sundays at about 7 a.m. anyway. Oh, there you go. So, you know, I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier and, and turn on some football while I probably fall asleep on the couch. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's move on to a a big piece of news, and that is that Christian McCaffrey is eyeing a return for this weekend. Walk me through that, Grant. What what are the chances based on what you're hearing, and how are you handling that as someone who has him in a couple leagues? Yeah, the Panthers did clear him to start working out. Uh, Yesterday, I believe, was his first day back on the practice field, and then he was back on the practice field again today. He's he's one of those guys that I think you need to pay very close attention to because I think it's going to come down to a game time decision. So, 
this is where we go back to last week in a guy like Christian McCaffrey. If you have him and he is probably going to have that questionable designation all the way up until Sunday, put him in your flex spot um, so that Mm. you can easily change him out. If you've got Chuba Hubbard, make sure that he is ready to go to be slotted in. Um, If you have other um, options for a flex position, make sure they're ready to go. But also, too, like I said, you could find out that Saturday he's going to go, or you could find out Sunday, uh, a half hour before game time, that he's going to be a late scratch. So Here's the good news. And I feel like this is happening with a lot of the major injuries this year, and I cannot remember a fantasy football season that we've been yeah. this fortunate. I'm worried the luck is about to change. But it's a, yep. it's a, it's one of the early games. It's a 10 a.m. Pacific time, kickoff time. So yep. y- as long as you're checking your lineup like we recommended, as long as you're checking your lineup an hour, 30 minutes before kickoff, making your last-minute adjustments if necessary, you will be able to – Pivot if you need to. Keep him in your flex spot just because that gives you more options. Maybe you do have Cordell Patterson. Maybe you have Calvin Ridley and are eyeing a flex spot for one of those guys. Move, move if you're starting one of those. Or I'm sorry, not Calvin Ridley as we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, Some news just broke earlier. But if you're eyeing someone in that game, make sure you move one of those players to one of the earlier times treat it like a thursday game just because it starts earlier move mccaffrey to your flex spot so are you starting him if he's healthy if he's healthy i think you've got to yeah i'm watching practice really closely tomorrow uh if you're listening to this on friday then today but i'm I'm looking at friday practice i want to see him turn in he's only practiced in limited capacity i anticipate that will probably be the same friday but i'm just going to be looking for those practice reports you you have to start him right you have to it's the talent the talent is too good and the Panthers are too good for you not to start him. I think we talked about this. I think we were talking about Christian McCaffrey a couple weeks back where he doesn't need a lot of touches. No. He usually gets a lot of touches, but even if he's on a snap count and yep. he's looking at 15 to 20 touches, which is usually yep. less than you would want from your your running back one, he he can be productive with that. He's yep. he's perfectly fine. So Watch him closely. Start him if you have to. Uh, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, you have to start him. So, piece of news for the Thursday night game. Depending on when you're listening to this, <laughs> this may already be too late for you to make any yep. decisions. But Chris Carson questionable for the Thursday night game. The quote is that he's a fifty-fifty shot to play against the Rams. So how are you handling Chris Carson and what are you doing if even if he even as play? a even as a 50-50 chance from what it sounds like it's it's inflammation related to a chronic neck issue that he's been dealing with for the past couple of years. So if I'm like I know that Pete Carroll keeps saying that he's 50-50 and will be a game time decision like I just with a neck injury I think the Seahawks are going to have to be more cautious with it. So like, it's really not going to surprise me if he doesn't play tonight, he doesn't suit up. So I think if you're a Chris Carson owner, I think you got to be paying attention. You've, you've hopefully already moved him out and have slotted somebody else in for him tonight. And even if he does start, they have the Rams defense. 
you can't run on that defense. Yeah, I I mean surprisingly in in terms of fantasy points, Rams defense is twenty second. I would have thought they'd be higher, but they're still a physical defense, and yeah. I'm I'm likely not starting Chris Carson either way, whether nope. he plays or doesn't play. I am trying to look elsewhere. Staying on the topic of running backs, David Montgomery, running back for the Chicago Bears, out four to five weeks with a knee sprain. What are you doing with the Chicago backfield? I mean, I think you're avoiding it. I mean, I don't really think anybody has really stepped up to be make you feel confident about their position. I think the next guy up is Damian Williams. He absolutely is the next guy up. The Bears. Uh, we're gonna, but even I mean, he, even he, in limited time, hasn't looked all that great this season. Well, we're gonna talk more about Damian Williams when uh, when we get later in the show. But I am gonna disagree with you wholeheartedly here. The Bears want to run the ball, and the guy that runs the ball most for that team is not playing. They're not gonna give the ball to Ryan Nall. So again, Damian Williams has also been dealing with some injuries, but uh, I mean, Khalil Herbert is next in line after Damian Williams, but I'm totally comfortable even behind a terrible offensive line. I'm totally comfortable starting Damian Williams because, because they want to run the ball and because they want to throw the ball to the backs, they're not throwing the ball real deep downfield. And We'll get to Damian Williams later, but I'm going to disagree with you on that. While David Montgomery is out, I am absolutely looking to Damian Williams and totally comfortable starting him this week against a porous, porous Las Vegas rush defense. Yep. Calvin Ridley, surprise scratch, not flying to London. Yeah. Cited personal issues. What about this Falcons receiving core, Grant? Um, I mean, it's I mean, maybe this is your opportunity for Kyle Pitts to really actually get going. Woo-woo. But it also looks like Russell Gage is still gonna be out. Dealing Gage with his... isn't even gonna be there. This could have been the week that Russell Gage is who we thought he was, but it's so so it's literally not. literally your receivers are Olamide Zacchaeus and Cordell Patterson, along with like Taji Sharp and Christian Blake. Like again, if you're listening to this, two of those guys, you are hearing their names for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that name is not Cordell Patterson. Nope. Who I believe gets a big bump by Ridley's absence. Yep. Pitts and Patterson. And maybe this week, and maybe now the Falcons will truly decide to run the football for once. Unlikely, I yeah. am. Yep, I am yep. taking. Uh, I'm saying Pitts and Patterson are must starts this week, but we'll see. Man, they they got the Jets defense. What a gift! What a gift! The Jets defense has actually played significantly better than people. They've played did. out of their depth. It will not last long true well let's move on to dalvin cook now this is an interesting situation because and i put this in quotation marks dalvin cook was healthy enough to play this past week and i don't know about you but i got a uh, i got a win in a very close matchup this past week where my opponent had dalvin cook Mm 
And uh, I also it, in our uh, in our Superflex League went up against Dalvin Cook and managed to pull out a win. <laughs> so yeah, so Dalvin Cook played nine carries, thirty-four yards, no touchdowns, two receptions. For Seemed 10 like yards, he no really didn't play between the second and third quarters. And mm-hmm. then came in late in the fourth quarter, yeah. which was shocking because the the Vikings were never down big against the Browns. Yeah, I don't think he's healthy. I don't think he is either. I, I think, I, and he's—they're not saying he's healthy. He—he he was healthy enough to play. They—they they were comfortable putting him in the lineup. But let, let me read you the practice port from today. He was in a helmet and seemed to participate in individual drills at the portion of Thursday session open to the media, according to Chad Graff at The Athletic. But he's still being considered a non-participant. Yeah. So even though he did a few drills, it sounds like he's on the sidelines in gear, but not really practicing. The best case scenario, and I want to know if you agree with me here, best case scenario for fantasy owners is if he's ruled out. Because yeah. if he plays, it's it's against a terrible Detroit defense, 29th against running backs and fantasy points this season. And I feel like you have to start him. Yeah. But you really don't feel good. You certainly can't nope. start Alexander Madison if, if Cook is playing. No. So you're going to have a really hard time figuring out what to do. I think you still have to start him. What, 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 where are you at on this, Grant? I mean, if 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 he's healthy, you have to start him. Like, that's the unfortunate position that you're in and hope that he plays more than he did this last week. But if you are lucky enough to have handcuffed him with Madison, then I I think you hope that he's ruled out so that you can just be confident in starting Madison. Yeah, I agree with that. So when it comes down to some of these, like, low-end running back twos is there anyone that you would potentially be starting over dalvin cook this week just just with the concern of the injury here i'm talking about oh let's say i don't know maybe clyde edwards alaire if you're if you're deciding between the two of them because you just went in on running back or edwards alaire He's the the number twenty two running back this season. If you've got both of them, would you consider starting Elaire over over him? I mean, probably. Bill's run defense hasn't looked that all that great, so I think I would this week in a Sunday night game. What about Mike Davis, twenty seventh running back? He's a he's a running back three right there, dude. Well, you know, you know that I can't make an objective decision on Mike Davis at the moment. <laughs> That's why I asked about it. Here's a here's a, a crazy idea, and this is the last one that we will do. Josh Jacobs, <laughs> who is, you know, coming off of I another mean, mediocre f- game. He's missed two the first, games. The first question is, is Josh. The first question is 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 the same as Dalvin Cook. Is Josh Jacobs actually healthy? Uh, I mean, he was healthy last week. He just didn't look very good. I mean, I would probably I would start Peyton Barber over Josh Jacobs. Uh this week you're insane. 
Peyton Barber over Josh Jacobs. Should we just do a like player to player bet? I, I, I will absolutely put a wager on this one that Josh Jacobs, if he plays, will get more points than Peyton Barber this week. Can we, can we wager this? Oh, uh, I guess they still have Kenny Drake. Is Kenny Drake healthy? Because I know he left partway through that game on a Monday. Just night. answer my question. Don't ask follow up questions. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to take it. <sighs> Boo. All right. Well, we've spent too much time on that. Another piece of news Sam Darnold's really good at football. Dude, this is the most frustrating thing in the world. Because, don't get me wrong, I'm all for Sam Darnold being super productive and actually, like, showing the Jets, like, his former team, the Jets, just how poor of a decision they made in uh, trading him away. If they could have just gotten him, like, an actual offensive line with an offensive coordinator that wasn't Adam Gase. And some receivers. And some receivers. Adam Gase was the head coach, not the offensive coordinator. Yeah, but we all know that Adam Gase was trying to call as many plays as he could. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Sam Darnold, super good. I if you if you were lucky enough to just kind of grab him as like a late round flyer at quarterback or even pick him up off the waivers, you're probably living the dream right now cuz he's what I think top 6 right now. Um rankings-wise, um so far, but the one thing that's frustrating and is really frustrating because I've now gone dud on Sunday Superstars two weeks in a row, uh, Sunday Superstars two weeks in a row is why can't he just let the running backs like run the football in? Why is that so hard? Like he vultured two touchdowns from Chuba Hubbard on Sunday. Well, all I can say is I'm really glad I drafted him in like the last I, I got Sam Darnold in like one of the last rounds of our, our Superflex Dynasty League and I am now sitting real pretty with three top six quarterbacks yeah, right. on my team. But speaking of quarterbacks, pretty major news coming out that Justin Fields is officially the starter going forward for the Chicago Bears, yeah. regardless of Andy Dalton's health. Now, for those of us that have watched either quarterback play, <laughs> this should not be surprising. This should not be news. This this is what Bears fans have been asking for for a while. But I guess it's fun to have your head coach finally decide that he... <laughs> He wants to start the better player. And even if he struggles, it's better that he struggles now than struggles later, I guess. So what does this do? Does this change anything about the Bears offense? Mm, I mean, I guess now you're a little bit more confident because now they have actually made a decision on who the quarterback is. So you're not going to be guessing come Sunday morning each week. Uh, Yeah, 100%. The consistency helps fantasy owners. I also think it's going to be good for Fields because he, I cannot imagine how difficult that would have to be to not only bear the weight of the expectation that he's the future of the franchise as a young quarterback, not having really proven himself on the field yet entirely. And 
dealing with that fact, but also dealing with the media constantly in your face about, you know, how do you feel about not being the starter? How do you feel about Andy Dalton? Which is, is just got to be frustrating. And I also think it's going to just remove a distraction from the team. Yeah. This is every press conference. This is every every single piece of conversation around the, the Chicago Bears right now has to do with Matt Nagy not knowing how to utilize players effectively yep. due to this. So this is one step in the right direction of removing some of the distractions. The worst thing Nagy could do going forward is try to take play calling back, I think, which he might do. He's done it in the past. So the Chicago Bears have a long road ahead of them. Yep. But in terms of, of, of fantasy, this is interesting because Darnell Mooney is the one who really benefited from Justin Fields being the starter. So I'm not ready to call him a weekly starter yet, but I am really watching him closely going forward. Yeah, I think that's really probably the case. You're going to see a big bump now to Darnell Mooney um, with an accurate pass thrower um, at the helm. I mean, at the end of the day, what it's going to come down to is can the offensive line block long enough for... No, they cannot. Well, yeah. I don't even know what was going to follow the four. You can finish your sentence, but no, they can't. If they can block long enough for Justin Fields to at least move around. Um, Because... Like that's what we that's what we saw at Ohio State. His some of his best ability was making plays when he could get out of the pocket and let guys move to get open. So mm-hmm. if yeah, the Bears obviously need to solidify the um offensive line for Justin Fields to really be successful. But I still think that this offense can be successful with Justin Fields running it. I think it will be more successful than with Andy Dalton, and I don't know that True. anyone would debate me on that right now. Nope. Let's move on to our standout player of the week. This is where Grant and I will both highlight a player from this previous week's action that lit up the field, that went off, that showed their stuff, that maybe won your league, won your week for you uh, really in quick, fantasy. Really quick, if you are planning on listening to this today, Chris Carson is officially out. Oh, here we go. That news broke as we were recording. So Alex Collins is your starting running back for Seattle this evening. I think all the analysis still stands. Start Alex Collins if yep. you have to, but it's still against a good defense. Yep. Not excited about it. Nope. But I, if you were going to have to start Chris Carson this week, I don't know that Alex Collins is a lot worse for your team, but he's definitely a little worse. Yep. All right, well, let's get back to standout player of the week after that breaking news. Grant, why don't we start off with you this week? Who's your standout player of the week? I mean, give me my boy, Debo Samuel. Eight catches mm-hmm, on 13 mm-hmm. targets for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Did most pretty much all of it in the second half uh, when Trey Lance took over for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so with Trey Lance it looking like it's he's probably going to be taking over the helm here for a couple of weeks. I think Debo Samuel's value takes a huge jump um just from what we were able to see in I mean one half a play this last Sunday. I mean yes. So Debo Samuel was awesome. I love Debo Samuel going forward. But I mean he's had two huge games this season, one of them with Garoppolo, one of them with Lance. Yeah. 
So I think he's going to be a stud either way. Even if Garoppolo gets healthy, I don't know if I'm moving Debo down. No. I'm not excited about Debo over the next two weeks because it's Arizona, then a bye week. Yeah. But after that, he's got a, he's got a mixed bag of some really easy matchups and some really lame matchups. But yeah, great game. This is all, I mean, every time Debo Samuel goes off, I get a little bit sad because I just wish it was Brandon Ayuk doing yeah, it. Right. But that doesn't change the fact that Debo Samuel to me is Tyler Lockett with a higher floor, lower ceiling. And I'm comfortable with that. Yep. I'm too. He's been a little boomer busty this season, but his busts have not been bad. 15 fantasy points, 10 fantasy points. That's fine. Yep. And his booms have been great. 30 plus fantasy points. That's it's solid. So I'm 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 all in on Debo Samuel. Now here's here's the real question here. He's currently the number three wide receiver in fantasy. If you can get value for him as a as a wide receiver one, are you gonna trade him away or do you expect him to remain a wide receiver one? I don't think he drops lower than wide receiver two this no, season, but I don't there is a possibility that that this boomer bust thing continues and he, he ends up around like the 12 to 15 spot if he stays healthy. And there's also also the injury history here where he, he hasn't played a lot of full seasons in his career. I think I'm running with him. I just, I think that Niners offense is so, is going to be so potent down the stretch that I think you run with him. Depending on who their quarterback is. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally good with that. Well, my standout player of the week this week is Cordero Patterson. That's a sentence that I never thought I would utter. When was when was the last time you thought that Cordell Patterson would be like fantasy relevant and a top ten scoring player in a week? Uh, last week, but before that, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, he was a uh, he was a Minnesota Viking that was a couple years in maybe maybe first or second year in minnesota the last time i thought that before the this past week so cordell patterson six for 34 on the ground five receptions on six targets for 82 yards and three touchdowns through the air 34.6 fantasy points in ppr scoring now cordell patterson i think is at an all-time high yeah with the exception of maybe next week so this was a, this was a great week. I think this is the perfect week to trade him away. This week or next week? How does that hit you? Uh probably. I I I kind of right there right there with you. Would you give up Cordero Patterson for Jonathan Taylor? Yes. I would too. I would too. Would you give him up for? Mm, I know your answer on Mike Davis. <laughs> would you give him up for Mike Davis? No. Uh, I would not. I would not as well. What about Antonio Gibson? Would you give up Cordero Patterson for Antonio Gibson in a redraft league? I know in Dynasty the answer is absolutely yes. 
I think it's a little bit closer, but I think I would. Uh, I think I would, too. So that's about the range there, though, right? Like, yeah. when you get to Antonio Gibson, that's where it becomes a yep. a conversation. Yeah, he, he's going to have value going forward because he's getting so much so much passing value. So I, I would not sell him for... Uh, wide receiver running back three you know i'm not yeah. i'm not giving i'm not giving up for juju smith schuster no. i'm not giving him up for odell beckham jr but if if there's a solid running back or wide receiver two uh, i'm totally comfortable letting go of him for that and i would maybe even seek out some of those trades this yeah. week and next week but yeah i think that's the range for him well let's move on to our main topic of the week is dynasty week baby dynasty week. so Dynasty fantasy football, as our listeners probably know very well right now, is Grant and I's favorite way to play the game. We love dynasty football. We are in two dynasty leagues right now. I honestly, I would be perfectly comfortable with like 80% of my leagues being dynasty right. leagues. I I would I would drop redraft leagues in a heartbeat to join oh, yeah. dynasty leagues. But that's just my preference, okay? So we're going to look, we're going to take a deep dive into Dynasty. We've been hinting at this episode for a while now. So we're going to take a deep dive into what Dynasty fantasy football is in a little more in-depth way than we've done in the past on the show, as well as giving some insight into how to approach team management in a Dynasty league because it is a very different game. I remember the first time I played in a dynasty league, it was a jarring experience. I thought I've been playing fantasy football for a while. It's it's just like fantasy football, but a little more serious. Nope. And it's a, it's a different ball. So here we go. Topic one. Topic one. What makes dynasty fantasy football special? So Grant, walk us through really quickly. Another term that you may have heard of is a keeper league. And keeper leagues and dynasty leagues are not the nope. same. So, Grant, can you talk us through the difference between a dynasty league as opposed to a keeper or redraft league? So, typically, when it comes to types of fantasy leagues, um, the most typical ones that you hear are redraft and keeper. So, a redraft league is always going to be you get to the you draft a team, you play with that team, you get to the end of the season. That's no longer your team. You start the next season. Everybody drafts a brand new team. Um, so very, this is what like probably I think this number is probably shrinking, but I would guess somewhere around eighty five percent of fantasy football leagues out there yeah. are, are that type of league. So that's a redraft league. A keeper league, on the other hand, is similar in the fact that you're going to redraft a large portion of your team, but you do get to keep. I think most most leagues do anywhere from two to at like two players to at most five players. Um, so you're not keeping a full roster, but you are keeping a couple of those, a few of those studs that you really liked from your team that you really like going forward um, and have an opportunity to build around those guys um, for potentially years to come. Um, but you're still drafting. You're still technically redrafting year to year, the entirety of your team. So I think an important distinction in keeper is a lot of times the players that you're keeping, this is not, this is not 
universal. Yep. I, I, I actually believe that ESPN keeper leagues don't operate this way, but a lot of other platforms do where when you keep a player in most keeper leagues, you're keeping them in a, in a round. And a lot of times that's, that's the round you drafted mm-hmm. that player in. That's the round you drafted that player in plus two or minus two yeah. or something like that. So if you drafted Josh Allen last year in the eighth round this year, you can keep him in maybe the eighth round, maybe the 10th round, which is very different than a guy like Alvin Kamara. Maybe you drafted him in the first round last year. So to keep him this year, it may cost you a first round pick. So that's one of the fun elements of keeper, but I digress. Get into dynasty for us, Grant. How does dynasty differ from keeper leagues? Obviously you're still keeping players, but how many, and how does it look different? Yeah, so the great thing about Dynasty Leagues is you're seeing expanded rosters. So you're moving away from 14 to 15-man rosters that you typically see on ESPN to um, anywhere 18, 18 20, 20, 20, I think there was the one league that you and that I'm still in that you were in that I think we were like 26-man rosters. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it 24? I don't know. I don't know. It was very deep rosters, very, very deep rosters. That's a big defining factor in Dynasty. You and I have kind of found that we enjoy that, like, 18-man range. You Mm -hmm. you have 18 players to work with. But the big thing about Dynasty is that you're keeping the vast majority of your roster. So in our 18 man roster we end up keeping at least 14 of them and then doing just a simple draft of four or five rounds the next year so Mm -hmm. it's a lot dynasty leagues are a lot more along the lines of long-term builds and a lot of this having a lot of the same players that you initially drafted um, and holding on to those players for long periods of time versus you maybe get a couple of those guys and then you have a whole new team surrounding them. So. Yep. And there are a couple ways to go about this. And the way that's really going to, to play out is how your league approaches the draft. Yeah. So there's a couple different options, a lot of dynasty leagues. And I think this is probably the most common approach. You do a rookie draft Yep. where you, keep your entire roster and bench and then you draft rookies and then you drop players after the draft down to your roster size. So you may get up to after the draft five, six players over your roster cap and you have a deadline where you need to drop down to the roster cap by a month after the draft or whatever it is. A month before season starts, a week before season starts, whatever that looks like. The other option, and this is what I really prefer, yep. and I think this is a little less common. It's a lot more work on the commissioner. So yep. if you're thinking about starting a league and you don't have a bunch of time, then uh, this the, the draft just takes a little bit more time where you can draft rookies and free agents. So what this requires is in the offseason, free agents are locked. You can't pick up. Yeah. veterans in the offseason on your teams whereas in a rookie draft the whole offseason it, it's fair game it's open season you can still yep. pick up players off the waiver wire you can still do whatever as long as your league is open it's open for business 
Whereas what I prefer is you lock that down. You yep. go into the off season and there's a, there's a hiatus just like in the NFL where you can't, you know, when you're in the, in the off season, free agents can't sign deals before a certain date. Nope. So free agents cannot be picked up until a certain date by your team. And then rookies go into the draft pool as well as all of the free agents. And you set your keeper deadline to before the draft. I like to do 24 hours before because that gives yep. the commissioner time to organize a draft pool because the way a lot of platforms do this is not clean or neat. But you can draft anyone that wasn't kept by a team. You can draft any rookie. You can draft anyone that was on the waiver wire before the draft. Grant, which do you prefer? And what are some of the benefits of either? I mean, I think I am with you in preferring the doing the rookies and free agents because, like, at the end of the day, there's a ton of guys that end up being dropped that you don't, like, that you look at later and you go, okay, we're in, like, the third round of our dynasty draft and the rookies that I could pick from here really don't appeal all that much to me. But there is... I mean, I think this year in one of our leagues, like Aaron Rodgers went back into the player pool. Um, sure did, because he's old. Yep. But like Aaron Rodgers was available. Uh, Matt Stafford, like guys like that. So it gives you an opportunity that you're not just building from the new players, that the rookies that are coming in, but also gives you an opportunity to maybe solidify some pieces that can play now for you. Uh, because not a ton of these rookies are going to come in and be immediate first day one starters i mean i think i've got in one of our dynasty leagues i think i've got two two atwell like he's a guy that i like long term for his potential value in that rams offense but as of this time he's really not a day one starter so like it, if you do the if you do the the rookies plus free agents route it gives you an opportunity to find some better fill pieces um for um for your young team so that you're not just relying heavily on rookies. Now the argument against that is obviously, well, you can do that the entire off season. If you just unlock veterans and free agents and waivers run the whole off season. And that's totally valid. If you prefer it that way, that's great. I like to have a point in time where the person who has a desk job that gets to be at their computer all day yeah. getting news isn't the only one that gets all of the players in the off season. Yep. So I, I like to have that moment where the league gets to take a break. You can still open it up for trading in the off season. So the yeah. people that want to be wheeling and dealing in may totally have the freedom to be doing that. And that's totally fine. That's comfortable. Not everybody has the time to do that. And that's yep. fine too. So I think this system rewards all player types equally. And that's why I like it. But so that, that's kind of a rundown of what Dynasty is and how it compares. So let's talk about the approach to playing in a Dynasty League and where it really differs, not just in terms of league rules and league function, but in league mentality. Yeah. So let's look at player evaluation. How... I want to I want to hear your take first and I'll share some of my some of my experience with this but how do you kind of shift the way you value players in a dynasty league versus a redraft league 
Let's throw keeper out the window. We're done talking yeah. about keeper. Let's go redraft versus dynasty. How do you shift your mindset in the way that you value players? I mean, I think the biggest thing is that you shift from a concept of win now valuation where I'm trying to get as many of the top players that I can get on my team so that I can win a championship here and now because at the end of the season, it's not going to matter because we're going to be like my team's going to be gone. Whereas in in a dynasty league, you have to balance the win now with the long-term success of your team because you could be one of those people that you look for you look to just you you look for your ways that you can make your team not only better long term but also better short term because you're looking for pieces where maybe you have aging players who are still in their prime that you want to try to flip for young um up and coming targets um versus if you're in just a redraft league you're probably not paying any any sort of attention to the young guys so really with when it comes to dynasty your young guys are going to have a a lot more value than they would in a redraft league yeah so let me let me see if i can kind of boil down i I totally agree with everything you said let me try to boil that down into something that i think is a concise rule that i apply to my dynasty teams i try to project out as best i can what will the next three years of this player's career look like yep I kind of view it in in a three-year window because it's hard to predict beyond that. If you look at four or five years ago, the player that I always think of that had such a steep drop-off so quickly is Todd Gurley. Yeah. Three to to four years, maybe not even three years ago, but four to five years ago, Todd Gurley was, was a very, very, very highly rated player and would have considered to be an awesome dynasty pickup. Yeah but fell off very, very, very quickly. And so I'm always looking at what, what do players look like in their current situation? How long is that team going to be around them? And do they have an aging quarterback? Do they have a coach that might be on their way out? Do they have a young coach that's figuring stuff out and try to look at a three year schedule? So let me, let me give an example here. Devante Adams. I love me some Devonte Adams love it. this year in redraft. He was my number one wide receiver and I stand by that. I love me some Devonte Adams now in dynasty. I like him a lot. Yep. You hear the difference, Grant? You hear the difference? I do. This is love versus like a lot because if I'm projecting out three years, I think this season Devonte Adams. Awesome. Yep. Next season likely losing Aaron Rodgers still very 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 good and we don't even know if he's going to still be on the Packers either right we don't know where he's going there's just so much unknown so I'm looking at the talent I think his talent is good enough so that's why he's still a top five guy for me going forward but over the next three years I don't know who's throwing him the ball I don't know what team he's going to be on so he's maybe not my number one guy uh in opposition to that let me give you a guy like T Higgins. Yep. T Higgins is a player 
who um, <laughs> I just punched in T Higgins into my computer to pull up some uh, some active stats on him, and it auto corrected it to hugging. So <laughs> T hugging. Let's uh, let let's let's talk about T hugging for a second here. T Higgins is not off to a great start this year. Solid on the field, kind of middle of the road, but yep. has missed time with injuries. So he's outside the top 60 at wide receiver. But going forward, he has the same quarterback throwing him the ball, and the Bengals are getting better and better yeah. and better. I think he is getting better and better. Last season, he was very good, and he looks really good when he's on the field so yep. far this year. So T. Higgins is a guy that in redraft leagues was probably in that wide receiver three territory for me. Yeah. I had him kind of kind of in that mid to mid to late 20s range. In Dynasty, he's a top 15 guy for me. Yep. How how does that compare to uh maybe some of the players that you are looking at? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, one of those guys um that I really like Dynasty long term um is like Dawson Nix. Um or Dawson Knox for Buffalo. Um he's a tight end in a very high powered offense who mm -hmm. I is now in his second year with Buffalo and is beginning to turn into one of those one of those guys for Josh Allen that he looks for in 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 the red zone and in the end zone. So he's one of those guys that if you are in that conundrum, typical conundrum of I don't know what type of tight ends to get in a year with like Logan Thomas, Robert Tunyon, guys like that. Like Dawson Knox is a guy that I love going forward because I just think that offense is going to provide so much opportunity for him come red zone and scoring opportunities. Um, another guy that I think you and I probably can both agree on. Um, Don't put words in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, fine. Well, another guy um, that I think you and I both really like is a guy like Brandon Ayuk. Like, you and I love him long term. Bro, that's why I told you not to put words in my mouth. I don't know. He hurt me. I know. I know he did. But I still think I still think his long term talent in that Niners offense is going to be is going to way outweigh. Maybe I thought that this year. I know. Yeah. I I yeah, I don't think I have any Brandon Ayuk in Dynasty right now, or I would trade him to you so fast. <laughs> yeah, but but I see your point and it's not a bad one. Well, I, I, I think that's a good way to approach it. Players who are very good this year still matter because yep. here's the thing. In Dynasty, you still want to win this oh, year. Yeah. There's a reason in the NFL, and the NFL has to think this way all the time because they're trying to build a long-term team. There's a reason the Bucks signed Tom Brady, yeah. knowing that they only get him for a year or two. Ah, it's Tom Brady. He's probably playing another eight years. Yeah. But there, there's a reason that quarterbacks wide receivers julio jones going to the titans mm -hmm. teams on the end of of their career uh i think i think the way you evaluate players also has to has to be adjusted by an honest evaluation of your team yep. and we talked about this a lot last last week with the idea that within a season you need to be honest in evaluating how your team is doing and understand the moves that you need to make. One of the things in dynasty that really sets it apart is you can trade away players for next year's value. 
Yeah. If you, you you have to be honest and hit a certain point in your season, and this is this is some advice that I always give to people who are playing in dynasty leagues, and maybe will will text me for advice on trades or things like that that they're looking at. And if I look at their team and look at their record, me not being the owner of that team, I'm co- totally comfortable saying, you know what, like maybe maybe you need to look at trading away Alvin Kamara. Maybe you need to look at, at trading away Dak Prescott. Maybe yeah. you need to look at trading away your best player and get uh, last season. I, I was talking to somebody in a dynasty league and I was trying to convince them to trade away their best running back to, to try to get Saquon Barkley. I don't remember who the running back was at, at the time. Yeah. I was trying to convince them to trade away that running back to get Saquon Barkley back they ended up not not wanting to go for that but i was going like look you're not going to win this year like your team is rebuilding you've got a lot of holes putting saquon barkley onto your roster next year could help you compete next year yeah so it's it's really important for you to be looking at your own team and judging what are my honest chances this year it's also totally fine if you go i'm going to win this year and then a bunch of my dudes are going to retire and my team's probably going to be terrible two years from yeah. now. But like, I would like to win a trophy once every few years. So yeah. I, so, so let me, let me, let me use my team as an example here. Uh, we play in a dynasty league. I'm the defending champion of that league. And uh, Yawn. Uh, 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 I come, don't talk come about talk it to me. Much. Come talk to me when you do it a second time. I uh, sure will. Uh, I will be talking to you this uh, the end of this year. But I I'm looking at my roster right now, and I've got some some really good young talent. I've also got some guys who are guys that have been good for a while. And even though I feel really good about someone like Alvin Kamara going forward, I'm always every year there's players you thought were going to be really good who just yeah. end up not being that good. So I'm looking at my team, and I think I've got a good balance right now of players that are good right now and players that are going to be good down the road. But I'm okay. I won, and while my team is good, I would like to win another championship in the next year or two. I would like to win as many championships as I can over the next three years. So that's why I'm not going to be trading away my good players to get value next year, if that makes sense. I'm not looking to move Aaron Jones to get draft picks right now because I think my team can win. Yep. If I'm in a league and I am in a lot of these leagues this season, they just happen to not be dynasty leagues where I'm looking at it going like, I, I am not one of the three to four best teams in this league. And I'm looking at that very honestly in a, in a couple leagues I'm in right now. And dynasty gives you the freedom to look at that situation to sell off some of your key pieces for players next year and the yeah. following year, get some draft picks going forward. And I have seen teams hoard draft picks over a couple years and go from being a very bad team to being a very good yep. team over a couple years. And that has to, that has to play into the way that you value your players. You have to acknowledge the state your team is in and not hold some of your players so tightly that you're not willing to give up great players. Now, there's a caveat here. Don't sell your players for nothing. Correct. 
like if you have a great player, don't sell him just because you think it's not going to like, okay, whatever, fine. Like I'll give up Dalvin Cook for a first round pick next year because that might not be a great trade. But like, you, d- does it make sense what I'm saying or am yeah. I just rambling, Grant? No. Tell me if I'm rambling no, here. No, no, no. It totally makes sense. Like you need to understand that you you need to understand that if you're in one of those positions where let's say you're not currently contending but you want to you want to try to build value and build up opportunities for your team over the next years like you can't just fire sale your team for whatever anybody's willing to offer you like you need to you need to you need to accurately get an accurate we call that a uh, Houston Texans yeah um, you need to get an accurate understanding for what you're looking for long term and how what types of players are going to help you with that. Like what I would say this year is looking at guys like a Jacoby Myers, like somebody who is young, Ooh. somebody who's young, that Patriots offense is starting to look is starting to kind of figure its way um, with Mac Jones um, at under center. And he's a guy that I kind of like going forward. Over these next few kind of like well, I, I I really like him, um, <laughs> dude. Who I mean, if you're in dynasty and you don't really like Jacoby Myers, yeah. you rethink rethink some some dynasty decisions here. Yeah, so he's he's a guy that like if I'm if I'm looking if I'm sitting on a guy like oh let's say like a Robert Woods or a Mike Evans mm-hmm. somebody like that, and yeah. I'm looking to kind of move one of those two guys like a guy like Jacoby Myers is somebody that I would kind of try to target because of the fact that his long-term value in that Patriots offense could be, is going to be very good as long as Mac Jones is that quarterback there in a dynasty league. Would you give up Robert Woods or Mike Evans for Jacoby Myers straight up? I probably wouldn't do it straight up. I would probably need one more piece coming back for one of those guys, but well, Mike Evans, no Robert Woods, probably. 100% 100% agree. That's what I would have said too. Mike Evans and and another piece I would I would give up for Jacoby Myers. I would I would give up Robert Woods straight up for Jacoby Myers in dynasty. Yeah. I don't know that you can get away with that this year because Robert Woods has kind of been off to a slow start and yeah. Jacoby Myers hasn't. So, I mean, slow start for fantasy but not for for him. True. Um yeah, that, I mean, that's a great point. These those are some great examples and I I think that balance is really hard to find and takes some practice yeah. and that's okay. You're, you're going to end up making trades in dynasty that you regret for years to come. I mean, heck, I, I part, I kind of regret trading away Aaron Jones to you. Uh, you, sh- I mean, you got I mean, Austin Eckler got out Austin of this, He's which been- is, it's funny. Cause this, I mean, this trade grant and I did, this was one of the like, team defining trade i made two team defining trades in in this league but i i gave you back when melvin gordon was an rb like solid rb1 and austin eckler was his backup that was like yeah he's he's like pretty good like he's fine as a backup and aaron jones was pretty good he was like a high-end rb2 and robert woods was like a mid-tier wide receiver too we did robert woods and aaron jones that i uh, got from you and I gave you Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler and since then Robert Woods has moved on from my team but Aaron Jones has not and you got Austin Eckler out of the deal and but this I, I mean I look, RB2. yeah I look back on trades I made years ago that like 
I still feel the effects on my roster. And that's yep. fun in Dynasty. That's super fun. And sometimes you learn that you were super wrong in your evaluation of a player, and that's totally okay. Yep. That's totally okay. I I could tell Dynasty stories all day, but we're going to move on. We are going to move on. So let, let's, let's close this segment out by just looking at a few tips and tricks for surviving your first Dynasty League or your second Dynasty League. If you've been playing Dynasty for a while, maybe these can still be helpful for you. But we'll, 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 we'll call this a mini toolbox. This is your small toolbox. Mm-hmm. So, Grant, give me, give me a couple tips and tricks that can help a newer Dynasty player or an experienced Dynasty player survive the Dynasty season. I mean, the biggest thing for starting out every season is you need to do your NFL draft research. The whole point mm-hmm. of Dynasty is that you are building teams for the long haul, looking with with a lot of with a lot of rookies, young guys, things like that. So you need to be aware of some of the top guys who were coming into this year's draft, who were the top 15 to 20 um, offensive players off the board. And what are their skill sets? Because those are the guys that potentially are going to um, add, be the guys who take over for some of your aging superstars. Um, For me this year, like I was kind of, was kind of between Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith. And I decided to go Devonta Smith with my first pick this year, but it's kind of worked out great because him and Jalen Hurts already have a very good connection and have already started to look very good together as a, a quarterback wide receiver duo. Was Jamar Chase still on the board when you took Devontae Smith? Yeah. How do you feel about that today? I mean, if we had asked me at the end of preseason, Devontae Smith, I felt really good. Yeah. Um, As of week four, I mean, I think I still like my pick, but obviously it doesn't look as good anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I totally agree with your point here that um, this this can vary in the time commitment wildly this can be watching college football every saturday and following college players in detail and being super aware of the players getting drafted in the seventh round in addition to the first round or you can watch some highlights from the nfl draft you can read some articles about who went where Mm -hmm. and and what some of the experts are anticipating in terms of their nfl success but it's important to at least have an idea of who a handful of, of the better rookies are, where they went, and to adjust it. A, a guy like Rashad Bateman yeah. is a guy that I was really high on going into the draft, and then he got drafted by the Ravens, and I was a lot less high on him afterwards. Yep. But just knowing who a lot of the rookies are and figuring out where they're going. So here's a here's a doom and gloom piece of advice from uh, from your host Steve here. You can ruin your team for years to come. Oh yeah, and not to not to put a dark cloud over Dynasty, but this is worth this is worth remembering because if you're the kind of fantasy football player, and this is totally okay if this is how you enjoy playing fantasy football, if you can devote like five minutes a week to just checking your lineup 
and you don't really follow the players. You just kind of check scores at the end of the week. That's a totally fine way to play fantasy football. If that's if that's what your schedule allows. I'm glad that you're spending those extra 20 minutes a week playing fantasy football instead yep. of doing something else. And that's great. I don't want to time shame you for your fantasy football. But I will say that Dynasty is not for you because if you treat your Dynasty team that way, like in a redraft league, maybe you do that. You don't run your team. Maybe yeah. some bad luck falls your way. Some players get hurt. That you like, whatever. All right, I'm going to finish bottom three in this league. Whatever. I'll draft a new team next year. Maybe it'll go better for me. That's not the case in Dynasty. <laughs> if your team is bad this season, yeah. chances are it'll be bad next year unless you make some moves. So you, you have to go make those moves. Yep. You have to go out there and actively work on making your team better because your team will not get better on its own. An unmanaged bad fantasy football team stays a bad football team in fantasy. In in sorry, in dynasty fantasy football. I mean, you and I you and I currently are seeing this in one of our leagues where um one of the guys in our leagues two, three years ago finished third place and has completely fallen off. This is the same team that has Patrick Mahomes on it. And it's like we're sitting here going shade getting specific we're getting but like we're seeing here like patrick mahomes is great like and it just is like so painful to see him sitting on that team because like (laughs) it's it's like it's not being competitive like he's not being used competitively every week Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's, it's just a great thing to keep in mind it's just a great thing to keep in mind that managing your team poorly results in a poorly managed team yep boom all right hit me hit me with with one or two more tips and tricks if you got them for me what else, what else you got how are you going to survive this dynasty fantasy football season so the the great thing about dynasty football leagues depending on which um site that you're using espn does not do this very well um but other sites mm-hmm. like sleeper and flea flicker do actually do this very well. They do this really well. Um, you can trade draft picks. Um, so your commissioner can set up each year the ability to obviously trade draft picks. But with that comes an added um, an added expectation of you have a first-round pick that you can technically trade away. You need to protect your first-round pick. Like, you mm-hmm. cannot just be willy-nilly just, like, throwing it in whenever or offering it away in deals like if you are going to be giving away a first round pick like you have to be understanding that you are going to be losing out on a top 10 fantasy rookie that year that you aren't going to get an opportunity to draft i mean like this year it was the the decision between if Devonte smith and jamar chase and whichever which basically was whichever one that I didn't pick at three fell to him, like fell to that spot at four. Like you can't just, you have to realize that like draft picks have so much more value in a dynasty league that you can't just let them go without making sure that you're getting the enough value back for them. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people just throw in, draft picks and this i mean i guess this this is part of the player valuation conversation too that draft picks equal players so you have to view this in the real world i think it's a lot easier sometimes to be like all right well like okay i'll throw in my first round pick on this and 
there, there's a reason if you go to like keep trade cut, which is the dynasty trade calculator that Grant and I really like. If you go to a lot of these trade calculators and just pun- punch in like an early first round pick, it ranks as high as as a lot of very good players. You you should be protecting your first round pick. You yep. I, looking over our draft boards over the years because we do keep them all in our dynasty leagues. There are so many good players yeah. that have gone at the end of the first round. There are so many good players this year. So I had the 10th pick in the first round as the defending champion. And Yawn. I, I went with Trey Sermon, which has not played out yet for me. But I also think about some of these trade deals and going into the season. Trey Sermon was being drafted really high in dynasty. I'm hoping it still comes around. And I just think of some of the trade deals where people have asked for a first round pick and I'm just going, would you have asked for Trey Sermon at this point? Yeah. If, if you knew who that's what it was going to be. And I think the answer is usually no. And especially that was the end of the first round. That's the worst case scenario in the first round. If you're someone who's drafting in the middle of the first round, that's, that's literally, that's Jamar chase. There, there are, there are times where I've seen someone trade away a first round pick thinking they were going to do very well and instead did very poorly and ended up losing out on like a top three pick in the first round. Yeah. Protect your first round pick, protect it. You can trade away your third round pick. Third round picks are not worth nearly as much. The value drops off steeply after the second round, trade that third round of pick as a throw. And I traded away last year. I traded away a third round pick for Robert Tunyon. And I, 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 I left that league, but I don't regret it. All right. Well, one more thing that I think can just be fun to keep the dynasty league stuff. We've talked about losing punishments on the show before. And I think in a dynasty league, one of the things that you get is you just get a higher level of player commitment because you're managing the same team. So things like loser punishments or even winning trophies and things like that, you can have a trophy that you, you pass around from year to year. You can have championship rings, which we're doing in a league this year. Yeah. And things like that get more fun when you're in a league that is committed and together long term. So one of the biggest boosts that Dynasty gives is it gives losing punishments a huge bump yeah. in the amount of fun that you get to have with it. We are uh we are now lucky enough to be owners of two calendars uh in one of our leagues uh the first two calendars we should say um after going two years without getting calendars uh mm-hmm. because people dropped out but people yeah. would lose not make a calendar and <laughs> quit uh but no it, like those those are fun too because it also it also makes sure that people are invested long term because if you have this this um this this just dread of potentially being a loser in your team and having to do a punishment. Like you can literally just go on online to YouTube and just search fantasy football punishments. And there are some hilarious ones out there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think there was one I saw uh, of a guy in like, in like a princess gown at, a, at the lions Niners game, walking through the stands going with a big old giant sign that said, I lost in fantasy football. Nice. Um, like stuff like there's that. a waffle house punishment a guy had to spend 24 <laughs> hours in a waffle house and every waffle he ate took an hour off yeah. of his time so uh, like he live tweeted the whole thing it's a great yeah. thread go read it yeah so like there's there's a bunch of stuff like that where it like it adds a ton of just a ton of value for your league like you as a league whole because 
you get to take part in these punishments. You get something to like, like remember it by, but also it's something that like five, 10 years down the road, like you can look back at and you can go, man, remember that time that you had to sit in an IHOP for 12 hours and Mm -hmm. eat as many pancakes as you could. Like, dude, that gets expensive. IHOP costs a lot of money. now. (laughs) Waffle house is still cheap. Waffle house is still cheap. If you live somewhere with a waffle house. But yeah, so punishments, while they're not fun if you're the loser, they're fun for the rest of your league. They're and fun for 90% plus <laughs> of your league. So, you know, yep. to, uh, to take that approach, well, we are we are about out of time here. We're probably over time, but, but that's all right because we're talking dynasty and I could do that all day. But let's move yep. on from the dynasty conversation and arrive at the Sunday Superstars. This is where Grant and I will each select a player that we expect to go above and beyond their expectation this coming week. I am coming off of my first bad recommendation of the season, which I'm bummed on, so I'm going to bounce back this week. And I, much to Grant's dismay, I'm going to say Damian Williams at Las Vegas here. The Bears want to run the football, Grant. That's all they've wanted to do all season. They they know they have a bad quarterback in Andy Dalton and certainly don't want to let him throw the football. <laughs> and for some reason, they are terrified of their future franchise quarterback, Justin Fields, from being asked to throw the ball too much. And I, I fully understand that David Montgomery being a good running back is a big piece of yep. why they've run the ball so much because he's been super effective this year. For all the knocks on him over the past couple of years, he's been really good this year. He was a player I traded away last season in Dynasty, and I'm a little bummed. Although yeah. I did get DJ Moore out of the deal, so I'm not that bummed. You're not that bummed. But Damian Williams is the starting running back in, in a team. He A lot of people don't remember how good Damian Williams was before he took a yeah. year off. He was... When the pay the oh wow wow I almost I almost had a brutal wow. slip right there when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl two years ago oh man when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl two years ago Damian Williams was runner up for Super Bowl MVP behind Patrick Mahomes yep. he hasn't had much of a, a a crack at running the ball this year and he's obviously not Super Bowl MVP shape right now probably or he's you know those years are probably behind him a little yeah but i i would trust him going forward if you were starting david montgomery and you don't have other options at running back i'm i'm totally comfortable with damian williams this week yep. i'm as a top 20 back this week is that is that outside of your belief because I'll, I'll make a bet on that too i'm itchy to make another wager player man wager player bet here you're 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 getting me to you know, you're too you're too conservative with your wager players. Give me one on Damian Williams. You have him. I say a, he's a top twenty player. Top sorry, top twenty running back. He's a running back too this week. I don't trust at him. Las give Vegas. Me that, give me that. Give me that bet. All right, there we go. Damian Williams, top twenty, week five. All right, Put give me your Sunday superstar. Uh, I I hyped him up a little bit earlier, but give me Dawson Knox this week. Um, started out. Can I put a? I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off as long as he plays because he's trending to play. <laughs> I, I'm gonna put a void in our contract here on this. 
that if he doesn't play, I get out of the bet. Do you agree to that? All right, I'll I'll allow you for that opportunity. All right, I stole your thunder. Get get back to Dustin Knox here. Uh, but no, give me Dustin Knox this week. Um, start out the first two weeks with being your typical like tight end, getting you eight eight points and nine points. But last two weeks has really turned it on. Uh, against a good Washington pass defense, ended up with almost fifteen points. Um, against Houston last week, ended up with twenty points. Um, ended up like 30, 37 yards and two touchdowns. Like if you're tight end, if you're looking for a tight end, like that's a great, great value for you. They've got Kansas City this week, and Kansas City has not been able to stop the tight ends. Them so give me, give me all day, give me Josh Allen to Dawson Knox, Dawson Knox this weekend. All right, do you just really like the New York Knicks? Because that's that's two two times now he's been Dawson Knicks. I don't know why I keep saying that. Yeah, if you need a tight end that you're streaming, that's totally fine. Yep. Uh, in Arrowhead, so you know we'll see how that goes. I think I think it's the revenge game. Uh, dude, I, I think it could be. I think it could be the way the Chiefs are playing right now. I think they might just be trying to get revenge on the world for how their season started, too, <laughs> right. though. Uh, this is an aside, but do the Chiefs still win the AFC West this season? I think it's going to be very close between them and the Chargers. I agree, but I, I still give them the edge. I, I, think they, I think they edge it out by maybe a game because I think the, the Chargers are going to end up with one of those heartbreaking losses. One, Bye. they're going to end up with like five of those losses. <laughs> they almost had one last Monday night. But they're going to be, but that's going to be, but that's going to be the Chargers. Is that there's going to be one that finally breaks the camel's back and keeps them out of, keeps them from being able to win the AFC West. Yeah, they, the Chiefs could clinch like week 18, but I still have them winning the AFC West. If they lose a couple more games in the next couple weeks, that changes. But, but yeah, well, thanks for swinging by the 25 yard line. Thanks for sticking with us for a very long episode. It it was Dynasty. You knew it was going to be. But we are uh, looking forward to this week. We're looking forward to a great week five in the NFL. Week five. Grant, are you still undefeated in any leagues? Oh, you are in our Dynasty League too, huh? In the armchair quarterbacks? You and I are the only two undefeated teams left. Rolo lost this week. uh, I will give a caveat that you happen to be undefeated and like fifth in points four. Whereas... (laughs) I am undefeated and second in points for. Uh, actually, no. You want to know what the accurate standing is there? Huh? huh. I am uh, seven, sixth. Seven. Are you overall. seventh in points for and undefeated? <laughs> Fantasy football, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Fantasy football. Uh, but you want to also in you want to know my my points against right now? Is only three fifty eight. <laughs> in. In my division in that league, our last place team <laughs> has more points scored. Than, is it than your entire division or just most of your division? Just most of my division. Oh, man. Ah, fantasy football. It all evens out by oh. playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. No, it is by literally actually your entire division with the exception of one, with the exception of one spot is uh, – better than my head of your entire yeah. division which actually is hilarious because i'm four and oh and the team with the most points in my division is uh two and two uh-huh yep this is how fantasy football happens but it usually evens out 
Well, thanks for swinging by, everyone. Thanks for listening. Good luck this weekend. We will see you next Thursday at the 25-yard line. Make sure you reach out to us, 25yardline at gmail.com. If you have any questions, lineup questions, hit us up on the Twitter. On the show, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. We don't really use Instagram very much. We should get better at doing that. But we're on Twitter. So uh, at the 25-yard line on both those places. Hit us up, connect. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week. Peace out.